Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, August 2nd. 5:46 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down eight and three quarters at 6:01. November soybeans down 14 and a half at 13.91 and a half. September Chicago wheat down 19 and a quarter at 7.81. September Kansas City wheat down 17 at 8.49 and a half. September spring wheat down 19 and a half at 8.78. Kind of an ugly start to the markets here this week. You've got a number of bearish headlines. We've got a slight shift to the weather forecast for the U.S. I'll talk about that here in a second. Nancy Pelosi is headed to Taiwan. China's not happy about it. I'll talk about that. Crude oil was down sharply yesterday, which has not been a good thing for the grain markets as of late. Also, you finally got some grain uh, leaving Ukraine. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. As always, leave me a review or a rating on that Apple app in particular. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Uh, make sure you leave me a comment, give me a crop update, let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. All of those things will help YouTube to help me uh, grow this channel. If you'd like some additional info from me, guys, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Uh, check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Lots of charts, graphics, tons of weather info this time of year. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this package. Yesterday, I talked about market analysts and some things you should be aware of when you listen to or watch people uh, talk about these markets on TV or the radio or YouTube or on a podcast. Uh, if you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. There's no other fee. There's no other obligation. Uh, nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. So Nancy Pelosi is headed to Taiwan, apparently, and China is not happy about this. China regards Taiwan as its own territory. They, I think, essentially believe that any uh, visit by a big-time U.S. official should involve China's President Xi and the Chinese party. China vowed an unspecified military response to Pelosi's visit. The speaker's plane is scheduled to land in Taiwan today. On a call last week, uh, China's President Xi told President Biden that he would resolutely safeguard China's national sovereignty and territorial integrity and that whoever plays with fire will get burned. Bloomberg reports this morning that Chinese warplanes are nearing the China-Taiwan border and that Taiwanese warships were also deployed. So what could happen here is this. Um, this would be worst case scenario. China uh, flies uh, military planes into Taiwan's airspace and Taiwan decides that they're going to fire at them. And if that happens, it could very well result in the United States and its allies coming to Taiwan's aid. Uh, Biden said just a few weeks ago that that's exactly what would happen, that the U.S. would come to Taiwan's aid. And then the White House kind of walked back those comments. But in any case, the uh, the tensions here are not seen as being a positive factor for the grain markets. Whenever you've got our largest soybean buyer 
uh, mad at us because of this. It's probably not a good thing. I can't quantify this uh, in any way, shape, or form and say, you know, China's going to buy uh, this, you know, amount of soybeans, you know, fewer than maybe they previously would have because of this. But, you know, the tensions are not good. Uh, any sort of conflict would be a disaster. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But you never know. This is just a, another uh, kind of scary deal when it comes to uh, the geopolitical situation and uh, all of that. So certainly a story that we've got to keep an eye on here over the next day or two. To get to the crop ratings, U.S. corn conditions were unchanged in the good to excellent category, 61% good to excellent. I think the trade was actually looking for a 1% decline. Um, uh, we were 61% the week prior, uh, but we're below the 65% average in corn. So unchanged on the week, but the trade looked for uh, a small decline. The state-by-state -state numbers were kind of a mixed bag of declines and improvement. Iowa declined by 4%. Illinois improved by 3%. You've got a handful of states rated 50%, good to excellent, or below. So your, your poorer states in regard to corn, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, Colorado, uh, Texas. The crop is 80% silking nationally, 62 last week, 85 on average, 26% of the corn crop in the dough stage nationally versus 13 last week and 31 on average. Soybean conditions improved and the trade was looking for a decline. So this is another negative factor for your bean market. 60% good to excellent, up from 59 last week, still below the 63% average. Um, North Dakota, or I'm sorry, uh, that was spring wheat. States with a good to excellent rating of 50% or below include Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, and Kansas. Uh, the soybean crop is 79% blooming versus 64 last week, 80 on average. 44% of the bean crop setting pods versus 26 last week, below the 51% average. So some of the maturity stuff, a little bit behind here. Uh, on to spring wheat. U.S. spring wheat conditions improved. The crop is now rated 70% good to excellent, up from 68 last week, way ahead of the 53% average. Um, I will say this, this 53% average is kind of misleading because it includes last year where we had this severe drought in the Northern Plains. I think this week last year, the spring wheat crop was rated like 10% good to excellent. So that really drags down this five-year average. So this is a good rating, uh, uh, nevertheless, but this, this five-year average can be kind of uh, misleading when it comes to spring wheat. North Dakota and Minnesota both improved in spring wheat. South Dakota, Montana um, uh, were, uh, saw declines. Idaho and Washington unchanged on the week. That crop 97% headed versus 99 on average. U.S. winter wheat harvest is uh, near complete just about everywhere, barring Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, and Michigan. 82% uh, harvested nationally, but just about all of your HRW crops done. Uh, most of your stuff in the Midwest is uh, pretty much done. To get into the weather here, we have some isolated rains over the Corn Belt this morning. You've got this small system over uh, central part of Illinois, another system over east central Central Iowa, I guess these are real small systems. I'm not sure if there were uh, if there was much accumulation associated with this. If, if there was in your neighborhood, let me know. Uh, Western Kentucky's got a system uh, over it here this morning. The next seven days offers rains for the eastern areas of the Corn Belt, but still leaves a lot of the west dry. Now there is some conflict in the models when you go out to your six to ten day period and your eight to fourteen. It looks hot and dry, right? Uh, the Euro model is indicating substantially more rain for western areas of the Corn Belt, like Iowa, Minnesota, places like that, um, during the extended period, while the GFS is much drier. So I suppose that the market yesterday chose to trade the wetter Euro model, given that sharp sell-off. But you do uh, certainly have some conflict in the models. This heat's still going to be a big deal. Uh, maybe not quite as bad as what we thought, say, uh, Saturday or Sunday, but uh, still certainly an issue 
Estimates for the European Union's corn crop are falling. The EU Commission lowered its estimate for this year's corn crop to 65.8 million metric tons. Previously, they were at 71.7. They were 72.7 last year. USDA is at 68. So this estimate is is below where USDA is at. Crops in Europe have been negatively impacted by heat waves and ongoing drought. European Union member countries in total are the world's fourth largest corn uh, corn grower behind uh, the U.S., China, and Brazil. So this is a big deal. Uh, They're a small exporter when it comes uh, compared to your big exporters like the U.S., China, Brazil, and Argentina. But this is is still potentially a big deal. Uh, USDA may have to lower their estimate in their report next week. Brazil's soybean crop may be record large. Uh, they're definitely going to plant record acreage the way that it looks. Well-followed group Stonex pegged the uh, 2023 Brazilian soybean harvest at a whopping 152.57 million metric tons. USDA's got that estimate at 149. And these are all just estimates based on um, you know an increase in acreage and assuming normal weather. And of course, you need normal weather to cooperate or you need weather to cooperate in order to realize this sort of crop. Just to put this in perspective... Um, the U.S. produced 4.4 billion bushels of beans last year. This new Brazilian estimate would put that crop at 5.6 billion. So massive, massive crop being discussed. Uh, this estimate in itself would eclipse the previous record, which was 2021, by more than 9%. Stonex also projecting a uh, record corn crop in Brazil. So we're talking about some big crops. There's certainly an acreage increase, but you, uh, without a doubt, need weather to cooperate for that stuff to be realized. Cattle market was higher yesterday. Feeder cattle were higher. Uh, cash cattle last week was 138 uh, in Nebraska, 135 in the South. We'll see what develops uh, here later this week. U.S. dollars a little bit higher. Stock market's lower. The S&P's down 34. Uh, the Dow's down 230. Bonds are up a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil down another 57 cents at 93.35. In the September WTI, and crude was off almost five bucks yesterday. If you guys um, have a wonderful day today, I will talk to you on Wednesday morning.